May 18th, 2016, it's Watt for Pedro Show.
Oh, yeah, man. Started with uh, John Coltrane with Mill Jackson doing bebop. Oh, that Survive, sounds pretty huh? good. Yeah. Bags. Yeah, man. And uh, then Superman says, uh, The Split Squad. Right. Superman says, Yeah, that's it's one of my side shows. You know, I'm actually going to do a little van tour of uh, Europe coming up. Uh, Wait, uh, fall? No, actually, it's, it's right around the uh, middle of June. Uh, I got a couple okay. of gigs, Blondie gigs, and then we're jumping on a plane and going to uh, France with the Split Squad. And, and that, there's a guy called Keith Strain in that band from the Flesh Tones. And uh, Eddie Munoz from a band from the called Plimp Souls. Oh, yeah, basement. Yeah, and our, our keyboard player, um, who unfortunately can't make it, he's busy because he's the, he's the organist at Fenway. In Boston, so yeah. it's uh, baseball season. The Green Monster. Yeah, right Josh Cantor, and then the singer. He's the, the guy, house. He's the organ house, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he plays a lot of, you know, out stuff there that people kind of catches people by surprise a lot. Yeah. He's got the. I was saying, you know, he's got the World Series ring from the other year when Boston won. Great That's guy. Cool. And but he's uh, indisposed. He's indisposed, and then there's a guy called Mike Gibling. It's actually his project, and he's the bass player, singer. And uh, yeah, we're gonna go drive around oh, so the van. So you don't for play bass in his band? Who's that? Eddie Munoz. No, Eddie plays guitar. Okay. Eddie, so Eddie played. Another was a lead guitar player in the Plimsolls. Well, he was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was in Who a was band. Who was the bass man then? Uh, Dave Pahoa. That's yeah, it. the surfer. Yeah, Dave. Surfer man. Great guy. Shells. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Fuck. actually, I was in a band with Eddie. Because Eddie had a joke band too called. Megadeth, I think yeah, they he sold did. the name to this other guy who got kicked out of... I did? Maybe? That's what I heard. My, oh, he sold the name Megadeth? To Minuteman had a weird gig where we played with... Uh, what's that movie? It's got the squeaky guy. La Laverne and Shirley. Oh, Spinal Tap. They played oh, yeah. a gig in that band, and they're wearing wigs and shit. Oh, yeah. And But Minuteman, we thought it was just a regular gig. Oh. <laughs> it was kind of joke night. And it... It ended up because we come out there first note of the first song we both break strings and we have to stop right yeah I, I, <laughs> it was called the music machine on Pico there yeah I played LA. there I played there actually quite a bit with a band I had called Checkered Pass with, with Steve Jones from Pistols okay, okay. yeah man so uh, yeah so we're gonna go in this van tour I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the van tours there Mike so <laughs> a little bit so uh, yeah we're gonna go and do that and right before that there's a couple of Blondie gigs that we're doing and uh so yeah, Superman says uh, it's, it's an album uh, called Now Hear This that we did uh, maybe about two years ago now, and uh, it's one of the tracks on there, yeah, Superman says. Can we go way back? What's your first memory of music? First memory of music? Oh, wow, probably my mom singing along to WMCA uh, AM radio. At, yeah, when I was... YMCA? No, WMCA. I thought you told the village people. <laughs> no, WMCA yeah. was uh, oh, the, the good guys in, in New York. And every morning, I'm, you know, she'd be making me my breakfast and she'd be singing along to uh, the top 40, you know. So, uh, trying it, to think of... Uh, so she's singing, but just for singing in the home, was she... She played piano, too. Oh, we always had a piano there. in the house, yeah. So you had music people in your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my dad had actually had, a, like, a band with his brothers, like a wedding band type of thing. What did he play? He was a drummer, actually. He's yeah. a drummer, man. My grandfather was accordion, piano. yeah. And your grandfather's accordion? yeah. Yeah, so there was music in, in the family, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was music in the family. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, I remember really liking the Four Seasons a lot when I was a kid. The drummer, I can't think of his name. Is, I had the Four remember, Seasons' uh, greatest hits. It was great. When they were New Jersey guys, right? Yeah. Okay. And then when we were kids in school, that once the Beatles came out, 
the Greasers would be fighting with like like I like the Beatles once that yeah. happened. But the Greasers would fight. No, the Four Seasons are better than the Beatles. You know, oh, wow. the Beatles and all that it was a there whole was some rivalry. Yeah, you know, like the Greasers and the Rockers and stuff. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Teddies. Well, they wouldn't, didn't call them. No, but in Teddies England, in, in with England, uh, that yeah. right and, yeah, yeah. And, and mods. Yeah, but Teddy Boy music is great, man. Rockabilly is yeah, great. Yeah. It seems like I think they fight more over clothes. Yeah, about their look. <laughs> and yeah, they rode motorcycles and, and the, the mods rode scooters. Because <laughs> you can't well, real heavy things in the fight. Well, everybody's the same. And, you yeah. know, they're all English, so they can't really start picking on their... Uh, oh, because Four Seasons are U.S. and Beatles are England, so Beatles you can get England, on that yeah. tip. yeah. Yeah, okay. that's true. But, uh, but do you remember the first record you got? Jeez, I, I'm trying to remember. The, Maybe I mean, 45? I, I know, uh, I know I bought, I, my mom bought me I Want to Hold Your Hand, 45. I still okay. have it. Picture do you sleeve. remember getting records at drugstore? There wasn't really oh, record stores? Oh, my big thing was I would go to, to the 5 and 10, to Woolworths. 5 and 10, right. I, I had a record the other day that I was getting some people to sign, a, a Blondie Greatest Hits <clears throat> and it had the edge cut off, and, and the, the guy that plays guitar in the, the corner, is, yeah, that means it was it's a, a promo. Cu- it's a cutout, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or a cutout. <laughs> and right? then Ian Norman would sell him back, to right? <laughs> and he's this kid's looking at me, Tommy, who plays guitar with us now with Blondie. Yeah. He's like, why is that edge cut off? Because oh, you don't know he that doesn't era. know about any of that, right? <laughs> because to me, my version of success was having an album in the cutout bin at Woolworths because that's where all the good records were. I'd go and get them ninety nine cents. I got all kinds of. Great stuff, you know, and soundtrack stuff, and you know, all so the stuff. Your mom got you your stuff. first record. I want to hold your hand. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the Beatles. 45. Did you see them when they came? Nah, okay. I was I was too young. Because they uh, what they played? Shea Shea Stadium. Yeah. Like with no PA, Con- oh, PA well, only for the singing. Carnegie Hall first, the first. Yeah, time but they I mean came. they played that big place, yeah. and only the singing. I think the amps were like. Driving. Yeah, and they were set up in the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, so you know, the with, amps, yeah, with like fifty thousand people in a stadium, and the screaming like drowned them out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I the PA it. thing. I mean, first time we played Vegas with Blondie, we played the Aladdin. It was the only place that had. A theater. Everything else was like those Elvis Presley showrooms. Right. And right. I remember we used the house PA that was just like a, like an address Boy. address system, public address yeah. system. You know, we didn't even use a real PA. So no kick drum going through. That. Yeah, it's it's come a long way. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we, the, your pops a drummer. Did, does he give you your first kit? Yeah, you know what? There was a kid up in my grandma's uh, attic that he uh, had before. Which, he went what town there. is this? It's called Bayonne, New Jersey, actually. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've driven by there. Yeah, man. It's exit 14A. There's a bridge. A. They got their own bridge. The Bayonne Bridge. Well, what we're talking about... Oh, is there an island? It's a peninsula. Okay, okay. But actually... Is there an island on the way of the bridges? Staten Island. Okay. Staten Island is uh, connected by the Bayonne Bridge. That's it, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't in New Jersey, it'd be another borough of, of uh, New York City, actually. I mean, Brooklyn's on one side, yeah. Staten Island's on the other side. And then, uh, you know, like Pedro... Yeah. Port Newark, Port right. Elizabeth. I mean, big, that's big, the same deal, you know. A lot of like, waterfront. A lot of Docks. waterfront. So, yeah, so I grew up on the uh, peninsula. But I remember that but before my dad went in the service, he, uh, I guess he put the drums up in my grandma's attic, and I remember one day we went up and got him. It was an old, like, I wish I still had him. I traded him in for a modern, a set like Dave Clark had, like a Roger set. But they Dave were probably, they were like, kind of like old Radio King, big band drums. I wish okay. I still had them, but... I got a snare drum still from, from his stuff. So that's the first kit you start playing on. Yeah. Now, what do you do? Do you play along with records? Does some dude show you? I took lessons for a while. Okay. I took Who, lessons for a while. Remember the Cat's Day? 
No, just I to give don't. credit. <laughs> no, you know, I, I don't. That's, that's kind of actually that's a that's a kind of a blank space in my brain. Funny enough. But um, you're young, right? Yeah, How old? Yeah, like ten. Ten. So yeah, you're in yeah, grade yeah. school still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the best part of the drum lessons were the last ten minutes. You got to bring in a record and play along to the record. Okay, right? okay. So no that, rudiments, because all well, the rest. Yeah, first we played out of the book. You know, we're doing the rudiments. Yeah, right. Stuff, did, you know? And then, uh, but the I funny, heard a weird rudiment story from uh, it's Billy Cobham. Yeah. His that birthday was, was the other day. Really? Because I think he was from like some drum corps scene. Yeah, here well, that's in high my school. background. That was the next step for me. I was in drum corps too. He said they would do paradiddles the whole quarter. They start with quarters on the wall, ball kit, huh? Yeah. Then go down to dimes. You're yeah. holding on with the beats. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a little discipline. I heard when you look at his drum heads, there's one dot in the middle. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's, that is that is something to be said for that, the consistency. Actually, my tech, Rick West, kind of points out that I do kind of hit the drum in the same place all the time. I never even think about it, but that's... Well, you look at most drum hits. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there is something about that, hitting it in the same place all at the same time. So the drum chord thing was like a heavy... I played, actually, rudimental bass, which I think uh, Cobham also did for a while, and that means, you know, you're... You've got a bass drum strapped on you, but you're playing all the rudiments with two giant shit. sticks. <laughs> you're not just hitting, you're not just playing the basic notes on with yeah. one with a mallet. You're playing like a rudiments, like you'd be playing a snare drum, except you got giant clubs. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of being mentored to uh, to, to to do that more because there was a, a a cat that was the, the main rudimental bass drum guy. And I was a lot younger, so uh, yeah, that was kind of he was like the protege. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to quit the drum corps when I had my uh, first band, rock band in high school and all that, so. Ah, so because you had we to make were the choice. Too. Yeah, I mean, because actually the drum corps thing, you know, like you get on a bus and go to like, you know, to Baltimore somewhere and compete in the, uh, sure, sure. you know, the drum and bugle corps competition. So, uh, but that was a good grounding for me and a good basis of like playing and actually get really build like endurance because you're marching and playing drums and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I heard about it. Also horn guys with the little mouth pieces. yeah like yeah. that's why people like the bone the big mouth because yeah. when you're walking they're marching oh yeah it's hard to hold that yeah thing right in. no there's a lot there's a lot to it you know and uh, foam came from that too because it's so sure. hard to hold oh, the yeah, tuba the base, yeah. so the plastic oh, they made it smaller yeah they wrapped around you kind of but the, my, the drum lessons like we we're saying the last 10 minutes you got to bring in a record usually I'd bring in like a Beatles record or a Four Seasons record but then I got the Show first. Show me how to play this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Play along to. But yeah. then I got the first Who album. So all of a sudden Jeez, I'm boom. in there trying to play along, trying to play wow. the end of my generation. My right? generation also uh, Happy Jack. That's well, Happy Jack's not on the first. That's the second album. Was oh, that the second? The one? first album is called the Who Sing My Generation. Okay. And that's the album that my generation and the song the Ox. The key. Sure. Ironically, it's called the Ox, oh, which they oh, called, which oh, Entwistle. Oh, oh. It's his nickname. Yeah, yeah but. It's a, it's basically Wipeout. It's Keith Moon's solo then, right? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, it's an instrumental. Yeah, so it was really funny because you can imagine this wasn't like any kind of big sound so system. Jack was after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jack's the second album. One. Yeah, quick one while he's away. Yeah. You know how they sold him over here? They never came out. They were all monos in those days, and then they brought him out as a double album. Yeah, and they might have later on. Yeah, but De I got the Decca first two album when he like came this. out. Yeah. There's a different cover in the in the states. Uh, different mixes too. It's really trippy. Yeah, the cover of the the U.S. The Who sings My Generation. It's got they're, Big Ben. They're in front of Big Ben, but their faces. Um, yeah, they're in front of Big Ben, but the the cover of the English one has got those oil drums where it's taken from like a cameras like a, over their heads, like the actually the most flattering shot. As, as obviously, as you get older, you realize that they put the camera 
up when we're doing selfies now with the fans. Put that camera way up yeah, high and point do it down. You got you know? more chins than a Chinese phone Yeah, book. right. Right. So what about this song here? Uh, Tinker Taylor. Oh yeah, Tinker Taylor. Right. Well, the, the Yardbirds did that. That's what I was going to say. There's some and, England. And uh, Terry Reid, also. I, I think it's a Terry Reid song originally, if I'm not mistaken. But might not be. But and uh, Keith Strain from the Flesh Tones. Yeah. He sings lead on those this cats because the singer. Had a show on the MTV. Yeah, he's on he's on uh, Underground Garage now on Little Steven's station on Sirius okay. now too. Yeah, Peter, I actually played on their their first stuff way back when. Funny wow, enough, they, because uh, you know New York band for a while. Yeah, but they were a New York band, but they were on IRS. Ah, and that's uh, right. We're in the backyard of the boss. Yeah. Yeah, the boss is like the police's drummer's pop or something. Oh. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Like oh, we no, didn't oh, know yeah, at the oh, time. Yeah. They told us later we were in this mansion. Oh yeah, yeah. Miles Copeland, yeah. Copeland. That's yeah, Miles Copeland. But let's yeah. let's listen to Tinker Tamer. Yeah.
There is a person I want to meet with. An untimely end. Once there were only a few big people, but now there's a small person. Not small enough. Once only a small big people. Once only a few big people. But now a small one. A should be dead person. A small one. Who'll be a nice chap? Who'll point the nuzzle? Who'll remove this niggling blight? Otherwise, roseate days and nights. This is no bleat by a king in a bus about a becket. This is the calm removal of a wart. I'd do it if I didn't have other things to do. Someone do it. Something do it. I'd do it if I didn't have other things to do. For previous show, we had Tinker Taylor by the Split Squad. The name? It's a baseball term. Okay, okay. You know, I'd say it's kind of, there's another band uh, that Peter Buck and Mike Mills from REM have called the, uh, <laughs> the Baseball are, Project. I played with them in Austin. Yeah, we actually did some gigs with them, too. And all the songs are about baseball. All the songs sound like REM, except they're singing <laughs> yeah, about baseball. baseball. <laughs> they're a good, really good band. And, 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 yeah, Steve, yeah. and Steve Wynn, also, from Dream right. Syndicate, is yeah, in that right, band, right, right. too. Yeah, so I was just going to tell you about the end of uh, the, the, my drum lesson. I just wanted to get to the end of that because you can imagine the record player that we were playing along to was not a big sound system. It was yeah, this yeah. little thing. So I'm there trying to 
play the end of my generation, like the Keith Moon stuff. And yeah, you can't even hear the record. And it, it's just kind of funny. And it's like I'm still. I don't think I. I don't think I still have. To this day, I still can't get it right. But I'm still trying. You know. Was can explain the first single? Um. I think maybe in the U.S. it might have been, yeah. I think it's before. But I can't explain. My I can't explain is not on uh, the Who Sing My Generation album. It was a single. Yeah. It comes out later with that yeah, BBB used, or something. Some uh, yeah, compilation. Yeah, because there used to be a tradition, I think, in England, especially like they wouldn't put the single on the album. So you'd have to get both. Yeah, but I guess that might have been the thought. But yeah. then you would think the album, the hit single, would promote the album too. But there was a tradition where if the single came out, the album was different. So, yeah. interesting, you know. Uh, we ha also had uh, Kill Mr. Brand New from Boris, mono vinyl version. Yeah, mono. I'm telling you, those old mixes were so much different. Back to mono, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. they say Can the you believe that, going back to that? They say the Beatles albums, if you listen to them in mono, those are the ones they were present for when they were mixing them. Oh, is that right? That's how they wanted it to sound. Okay. They weren't there when they everything got, because that was later on, they changed it to stereo. Well, that's Supposedly. right. That's right. And then we had uh, Strand the Banksters from Madrid doing Intervención o Rescate, Space Echo. Lemon Kittens with in Time to End, and finally uh, Disciplina Kichma with Tiz Naz Zvova Zvova Ima Sentiri Ugla. Wow, man. Serbian ain't that good, but this bass man, Koya, you gotta check this cat Somebody out. Somebody turned John to He's that? The, uh, I got to hang out with him. Oh, wow. He's like the Jimi Hendrix of bass. You wouldn't and believe where, this. What cat. country is he in? Serbia. Oh, Serbia. Oh, all right. I played okay. last year in Belgrade. He spent like three, four hours with me. This oh, guy's wow. a monster. A lot of. It's got a lot of groove. He plays with really good drummers. But it plays bass through uh, Wow Wow with distortion. It's oh, the most wow. trippy sound. Yeah. He had a U.S. lady singing with him for a while. He's tried a bunch of things, but it's always Koya. And he goes back to the, like, late 70s. Uh, oh, wow. When it was called Yugoslavia. Right. Before the divorce. Uh, right. Okay, you, you, you're talking about this band. that You had to pick between high school and your band. So how did this band get started? Some cats from school? Yeah. Garage you know. band? Yeah, well, no, nah, we're front room. We uh, we used to play in the oh, living room. front room, living yeah. room, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, where did you crack your drums? Because that always was... I'm in my mom and dad's house. They you were might, cool with it. Like, so my dad was a drummer. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. But, uh, you know, once in a while they would get a little upset. But uh, <laughs> No, you know, I got to say, you know, I always was I always had support from my parents. I, I, I know, like, you know, they were a big, uh, you know... We didn't have much, but we had a lot of love, I think, you know. It was good. It yeah, was a good me thing. and D-Boom were apartment guys, Navy Houses. So we always yeah. looked for the drummers who had that. Yeah, right. So we got Georgie because he had that shed. Right. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of dudes, especially apartment city, don't dig. <laughs> yeah. But I mean... Especially when I, upstairs. No, no, no. You can't really do it. I was talking so, to... So, what was this band called? The band was called actually called Total Environment. Yeah. Because we had a, a guy that did a light show. Actually, it's a guy called Ray Goodman, who was, I guess he was always an entrepreneur because he's the dude that owns uh, Trash and Boardville in Whoa. New York. Yeah. Yeah. So we were kids. There's a guy who works there. He came to all the studios. Jimmy. Shows. Jimmy. Yeah, he's the biggest uh, Iggy fan in the world. In the world. <laughs> Gets yeah, on he's got stage. the Ig tattoo. Yeah, yeah Jimmy. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we used to have the light. We do, like, you know, church halls and... Bar mitzvahs and uh, you know battle of the bands. He was the light man. He Who was the other cats. What was it? A quartet? No, it was a. Well, the thing that we had a really great keyboard player. Okay. And uh, 
two guitars, bass, keyboards, and drums. And uh, th that band, we actually played at Carnegie Hall, funny enough. Damn! Yeah. Were you still a teenager? I was like like 14 years old. <laughs> funny. No, How'd there that was, happen? Well, that's going back to the radio. Cousin Bruce Morrow. You know, you know Cousin Brucey? No. He was on WABC. He's okay. still on, on the 60s station on Sirius now. Okay. Uh, he'd had a thing called Cousin Brucey's Big Break, right? So, so what, you got the big break. What you did was, well, what you did was, you made a recording like on a cassette, mono cassette recording, and you yeah. sent it in, and if they liked what they heard, they put you in the studio. It was the first time I was ever in a professional studio. We were in ABC, ABC Studios. Yeah. ABC Studios, yeah. right? But I remember, they, they, they put the amps in like a square and put one mic in the middle. <laughs> and then they had like maybe two mics on the drums. Overhead, kick. And, and we did a song called uh, Something's Going On off the first Blood, Sweat and Tears album, which is kind of wow. jazzy, right? And as I said, the keyboard play was really good. And uh, it's a classic story that, funny enough, this one song that we happened to decide to do was one of the only songs that the lead guitar players sang, right, instead of the lead singer. So all of a sudden, the lead singer, who was the rhythm guitarist, all of a sudden, you know, he's in the back all pissed off. It's like out of a movie, right? Actually, there's a movie, uh, Stardust, with David Essex. The same thing happens, right? Oh, they, wow. They get, they get David Essex. Canned heat. Yeah, probably. The Al guy kind of took yeah. over. So anyway, so then we did that recording, and then they played that on the radio, and then the public votes. Whoa. So we were in the the ten bands or so that got picked to do a live gig, right, for the Battle of the Bands. Usually they'd have it in, in the city in Manhattan, like at a ballroom, like at the Hilton or something, right? Because it was WABC was a, and Cousin Bruce, he was a big deal. Sure, sure. So that year, for some reason, they go, oh, it's going to be at Carnegie Hall this year. I'm like, we're like, what? Are you kidding me? So all of a sudden, we're 14 years old. We're there. I remember looking out at Carnegie Hall from like behind the curtain. I'm like, wow, this is like crazy. So I guess I started at the top, and it was all downhill from there, you know? <laughs> was, it, was it set or just the one? One two? song, okay. and we didn't win, and, uh, but it was uh, quite an experience. And the funny thing about all of that, too, is I was kind of reiterating the story. I was doing an interview with, with Debbie Harry for the uh, Blondie album. And we were up at ABC, and I, I just happened to mention, I go, you know, the last time I was in this studio, and I told that ago. story, right? <laughs> it was more than a little, well, it was, it was actually, it was only <laughs> I know, I know. 14, I was about 21, when we were, so, you know, it was a little, relatively speaking. Oh, when you told the story, it wasn't that far away, okay. It, well, it really wasn't, because it was when we had the, you know, the Blondie album out, the yeah, Carol yeah. Lunch album. I was only, like, in my early 20s then. So, uh, tell this story, and after we're done, this guy comes out at the door and he goes, oh, I was the engineer on that session and here's a copy of the tape. Because I didn't have a copy. Wow. He gave me a reel-to-reel -reel copy of so the tape. WABC, so I have it. That was like such a great experience. But um, yeah, so I had that band. Uh, How long did that go? That, for, that went for freshman and sophomore year of high school. Then my other two years, I had a band called the Sweet Willie Jam Band. We had two drummers, Whoa. two drummers, and we used to do a lot of Santana and Allman Brothers. And then we throw in some other stuff like, uh, yeah. And then we did, it was with the same keyboard, yeah, we did Whippin' Post, we did that stuff. Yeah, in memory of Elizabeth Reed, we did all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, oh, that's right, the, because they had two drummers. What's the big song? Allman Brothers had the two. What's the big song from Woodstock, that the Soul Sacrifice, Santana, we did that one. 
Yeah, because the, well, they we, had a percussion in a drum. Yeah, but what we would do is like one drummer would be playing like on on the toms and all sure, that. And somebody sure. be playing the beat, or if we did Allman Brothers, we get into that sync. I, that, I'm really my my background in drumming. I I, I I look back between the drum and bugle corps, and you know a drummer. I was lucky to play with a lot of good musicians when I was young, and that yeah. real that really is a big help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when I was talking about when when I started playing with Nancy Sinatra, I realized wow, all these other cats like Don Randy who owns the Baked Potato in L.A. and yeah, was yeah. In the Wrecking Crew, like and all the other musicians, I go they're like really really good, and I'm playing with them. It was making me better. So, uh, Which, yeah. So, which is opposite. Some people they want to have like lamers around them so they look good. No, actually, well, drummers, the drummers, the better the musicians you yeah, play, yeah, you're gonna learn. All, if you keep your ears open, man. Yeah. So no, always gonna to learn. I mean, that's the thing about music. You're always learning something. I learned stuff from you just playing, working with you with last the couple of weeks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we're here in New York, right? It's here in Sirens. Probably don't usually get the sirens <laughs> when you're podcasting, right? <laughs> uh, Pedro, no, we get the. Uh, Harleys. Uh, Harleys. On the weekends, they like to do the And the foghorns, the horns. We get that Tug all the horns, time, right, yeah. right. And tugboats. Tugboats, yeah. They do yeah. the pipe. Beep, right. Beep, oh, yeah, like beep. that, yeah. Even though they got the radios, they still use the pipes. Yeah. Okay, so, total environment. Sweet Willie Jam Sweet Band. Sweet Willie Jam Band. Yeah. Well, then after that, I was in a... I was kind of in a, in a prog band. Uh, right, right, like... My, <laughs> You're just trying it out. <laughs> my, my first... Uh, it was called Rondo Hutton, which is a, a, a really obscure, I think, B movie actor that the synthesizer player liked. Okay. And that was kind of, and then also, that was short lived. Then I had my glam rock band, okay. Sweet Revenge, and that's where I was playing at a place called Club 82 in New York City. 42, no, 82, sorry, 82 East 4th Street. Okay. And that's where like the New York Dolls played, and like Wayne County. Oh wow! And Tom Verlaine had a band called the Neon Boys, and okay. <clears throat> Lenny Kay and Tommy Ramone. All these people would hang out there. And this then, is like, before the CB. Yeah, well, this is the whole deal. Okay. Ironically, the Club 82 that was like a glam rock scene, but there were a lot of the people that wound up on the CBGB scene. Basically, but also kept people like Lou Reed and David Bowie would be hanging out there too, because wow. like the height of glam rock. But basically, all of a sudden, everybody kind of cut their hair, took their platform shoes off, put their sneakers on, walked around the corner, and guess what was around the corner? 313 Bowery, CBGB. Okay, so, so it wasn't even physically that far. No, it was not what at was all. What was the pad itself like? Was it B? Club 82? Yeah. Or uh, CBs? I know CBs. I no, Club 82 was uh, uh, basically, uh, there was, a, there was a, a woman at the door by the name of Tommy in a white t-shirt with a pack of camels rolled up with a <laughs> DA like haircut, right DA haircut, <laughs> and it was basically a gay bar, I thought, you know, mixed gay bar, but one night a week they had rock and roll, and they had, the bandstand was like, like, a, you see it, I think at the Metropole uptown, too, where Gene Krupa used to play, they had these showrooms where the bar was in front of the stage. Or like stripper bars, like when you want, you know, like club a, like a strip used club. To be that in Tucson, where the bars were. Yeah. So that's what a band stage set, set up behind the bar. Yeah. And they had like mirrors, and then the whole thing was the only time you heard rock in there was when like the New York Dolls or Wayne County or somebody would be playing. All the rest of the time it was dance music, but really good 
dance music, like, you know, like guys actually playing, not like computer dance music, you know, like shame, 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 oh, yeah. or, you know, did, like did, shake did your booty, all this stuff. Sweet Revenge, they uh, record? I don't think we ever did record, actually. So it's just gig band. Oh, wait. No, we actually, we recorded, but we never released, released anything. Okay. But our big song was called Fuck the World. And this is before punk rock. Okay. <laughs> and you told me it was hard to play in this town. Yeah. There was hardly any pads if you didn't do covers. It was hard to play. He was telling me about dictator days. Yeah, well, then they played at uh, Coventry in Queens. That's what that was said. Written, and that's where that's Kiss where played. From. Yeah. That's where Kiss played. And then Joey Ramone, uh, he had like a glam rock band when he was known as Jeff Starship. He used to play at Coventry. Jeff Starship? Jeff Starship, yeah. Because he used to be at CBGB's. Then when he was on stage with the Ramones, people were going, that, wait a minute, that's Jeff Starship. <laughs> it was like his Ziggy Stardust yeah, kind, yeah, of, yeah, kind sure. of thing that he had going. But, and Tommy and Johnny had a band in high school or something, right? Yeah, the, the, uh, it had the, to do the with puppets, the uh, tangerine. tangerine puppets. <laughs> yeah, name. the lead singer was actually, a, he's an agent. He was like uh, an agent for Hugh Cornwell for a while. The Strangler and, guy. Yeah, because I played with Hugh Cornwell too over the years. Um, yeah, the Tangerine Puppets. Yeah. Right at the end of the first hour, May 18, 2016. This is for Peter, so hold tight for hour two. May 18, 2016. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Every day 
Tennessee Things seldom move as majestically as planned But I was born with a decent hand And I played the cards well Now over the Hudson westward we were shocked The city turns out to be smaller than a fantasy It's these lost little towns that make the heart swell To come up southern is a troubled way Pay no mind to what the writers say It's a telling that makes it lyrical A kid swears to God there's gonna be a change But do people and places ever really change In the ancient time They call that a miracle Fields gave way to the soft wooded trees, the pines, poplars, and the hickories. Old friends of my childhood. There, in the care of the brothers of the Holy Cross, to our hero of ten years old, a terrible thought takes hold that the land at his feet is steeped in wild blood.
Watch for Pedro Show starts second hour with another one of your uh, sideshows. Right. Uh, I see no way out by the Empty Hearts. Uh, Weatherman lied today, GG Band. It ain't pretty. Negative example. Inconstantina by Rudy OMM. They're out, they're out of Brazil. Uh, very be careful, Loma. They're so cow. Accordion rock. And but it ain't Norteña. It's uh, Valentano. Uh, it's this Colombia. I got corrected. Yeah. Yeah, I think I said so. Can we think if they speak Spanish? That's <laughs> all. Yeah, well, there's all different dialects, you know. And all totally, yeah, yeah. totally. But yeah. you know, yeah. I'm learning. I'm slow learning. Uh, entertain. Oh yeah, best band name ever. Entertainment Law. That's a good name. <laughs> with Foolish Man, Joe Brewer with Double Vision, and finally uh, Howie Reeve, brand new Antenna Gone Haywire. He just does the solo bass guitar and sings. Wow. Not, not stand-up, but these kind, you know, on your lap. Well, it's great to uh, have uh, the bands that I'm working with in, uh, you know, on the show with all this really great uh, oh, yeah. it, world music and, you know, turning people on to different things. It's really great, you know? I think music's music. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. got this thing where people are connected now, mm -hmm. so I get provincial. Sure. <laughs> like, bring it on. What, what about the uh, Lonely Hearts? Because you told us about Split Squad. Yeah, the Empty Hearts. Empty Hearts, sorry. Yeah. The Lonely Hearts, I, that, that's the Lonely Hearts Club, right? There's all kinds of hearts. There's there's heart, there's the Empty Hearts, there's uh, the Lonely Hearts, there's the... Uh, I saw a band, there's the Drunken heart. Hearts. There's Heart, there's the Black Hearts, Joan Jett. Black hearts, yeah. But anyway, the, the Empty Hearts, uh, Steve Vincent uh, came up with that name for us because he was kind of a patron of ours early on. And, uh, you know, the, the Empty Hearts is the band that I'm really focused on now, aside from the Blondie stuff, but... Is that um, Elliot? Elliot Easton from The Cars, a guy called Andy Babuke from the Chesterfield Kings. Oh, uh, also they were, author. were they upstate here? Yeah, Rochester. There was a good guitar store up there. Yeah, House of Guitars. House but, of but guitar. Andy has his own shop now in Rochester called Fab Gear, Okay. which is a really uh, great little guitar store. He's got just great stuff. And uh, a guy called Wally Palmer, who's the lead singer in The Romantics, what I like about you guys. Detroit, right? Detroit guy. And I, I played with the Romantics uh, for about 10 years. Oh, they could say their drummer man had a distinctive Yeah, look. Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Big hair. Yeah. Red I, leather, I remember the, Cleveland used to have this Agora. Yeah, the Agora. Upstairs. I, I played but downstairs Agora, yeah. was the pop shop or something. They had a little pad. Okay. And us and Flag were playing there. And they were upstairs. Oh, yeah. But I come in the head to piss, you know, and yeah. I, the dude was... Fixing up in the mirror. Yeah, the spray here, spray. And then he looked yeah. over and he's like, you know, that's showbiz. You yeah, know? Right. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I wasn't spying, you know, it just yeah. happened. Yeah, no, Jimmy. Same yeah. thing happened with Tito from the plugs. Oh, yeah. He had like the dingleberry hat. <laughs> and the same thing, I'd walk into the head and he's in the mirror and he looked around and he goes, that's showbiz. I couldn't believe it. It was almost like the same fucking voice. And he's a Latin guy. Yeah, well, I, I did a gig with Eddie Money the other day, actually, with, with the Empty Hearts at the Malibu. Uh, Guitar Festival, actually, the second annual. They're going to keep keep it going. It was uh, a lot of acts. But Eddie Money, who... Uh, wow. Who uh, we Boston played with... guy, right? No, he's a New York, he was a New York cop. Eddie oh, Mahoney. that's right. It was New York cop. But but he was about to go on, and uh, I was standing around. I know Eddie from over the years, and he just goes, uh, business as usual, put the girdle on, sock down the pants, and here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> two, two tickets to paradise. That was two his tune, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. A couple other ones. He's got that track with Ronnie Spector. Uh, just like Ronnie says, uh, what's it called? Uh, he does a duet with Ronnie Spector. It's really wow. good. But, um, yeah, so the Empty Hearts, um, 
Did yeah. you guys record? record yeah, we have an album out on uh, 429 Records, which is a part of Universal Music Group. And, uh, you know, it's very inspired by the 60s British invasion and, and the roots of, of rock and roll, like Chuck Berry and Little Richard and things yeah, like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, we all uh, collaborated on the on the songs. There were, there were all the four of us had a lot of input. And... Uh, Really, really proud of the record, and it's an, it's an ongoing uh, thing. We're going to do some more shows in October. We went to Japan with that, and the Empty Hearts. Uh, you know, I, I really feel as though it's a special band because we, we play a unique kind of music that's not really played by. There's so many different influences, and you know, in music nowadays yeah. and third world music and all. We play a real call, what I would call real traditional rock and roll. Okay. You know, there's a lot of rock bands out there, but but we're a rock and roll band. And, uh, you know, Elliot Easton from The Cars, a great guitar player. Right, right. And uh, the album was co-produced by us and a guy called Ed Stasium, who produced the Ramones, Ramones. and uh, Smithereens. Actually, he's done a lot of great stuff over the years, and uh, he did a lot, a lot of behind-the-scenes work with the Ramones, recording-wise. And uh, What about this tune here? I was just going to say... Soul Deep. Soul Deep, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Uh, you know, some kind of really cool drums on it. I really like that. And, uh, you know... So you could bring in stuff and then they play to you? Yeah, no, we just kind of jammed on the songs okay. and kind of created them in the room like old school, really. Right, know? right. Yeah, Soul Far Deep is, a, is another song that, that I really, really like. A really great, you know, rocking song. I was just going to say, and Ian McLagan from The Faces and The Small oh, Faces right. plays Keyboard keyboards Man. on the album. He's living was, in Austin, right? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, he's... Ian, you know, Mac, yeah, passed it. Just the anniversary... Actually, it was a sudden and a real shock, and uh, I can't believe that we got him to play on the record, and then all of a sudden he was gone. So uh, at least he got. Yeah, I mean, no, it was a it was a big deal for us to get him on the record. Okay, let's let's listen. Yeah, so deep.
How do you feel about uh, the last gig here at Black Betty? Uh, it's a lot of pressure to, uh, to excel. Well, I think well, with the drinks, we'll be doing okay.
The waitress makes me want to take a second look. Fair hair and a great customer service. Curly brown, hair raw bone and rosy cheeks. A looker in a way. Charmed, I am sure. I feel like an old man, though. Slower, but still having fun. Something I would appreciate a certain look from a woman. The attention of someone. I wonder what kind of life she has. With the uniform tossed aside and the hair finally down. What kind of woman would be non-judgmental and welcome my lack of experience? Let us look again at women, and I love my pinecone waitresses. I am so independent, but I like you. You carry me around in a certain sort of way, but I'm always... Uh, anyways, I'm old, so it is all very cool to justify someone's existence by appreciating them as you can. You just made me think again. I just had well They went down a treat Kind of For Pedro Show, Soul Deep, Empty Hearts, Voyage to Articus, Steve McKay and Raid on Ensemble, another cat left too early. Yeah. I was yeah, just Steve about McKay, to record yeah. with him. Yeah. Great saxophone player. Yeah, beautiful guy. 
I served a long time with him. Uh, the Freaks with Ivana, Robbie Folks of Miracle, Pale Dude Blot, Pale Blue Dot by Slack Rope Walkers, and finally Super Pitch with Iowa. What happened after Sweet Revenge? Oh, after Sweet Revenge, well, actually quit Sweet Revenge to uh, hook up with, with uh, the early members of Blondie. And uh, how'd that happen? Well, actually, from I was the Club 82, uh, Chris Stein and Debbie Harrod had a band called the Stilettos. And they would play at like opening for the New York Dolls and things like that at Club 82. And Sweet Revenge were playing there, you know, in the Dolls, as I was saying, and all that stuff. So that was everyone was in that kind of uh, glam rock milieu kind of thing that was kind of, uh, I guess, fading out. Although, you know, like people like Lou and Bowie, obviously, they informed what I would call the, the punk, the New York scene, the New York punk rock scene. But, you know, we never call it ourselves punks and you know like my thing there was never any t-shirts at cbgb when we played there you know what there about no such things max's uh yeah we played Andy Max's. Was telling me about these four gigs the stooges did it max yeah i i didn't see those shows i mean I mean, also you know he said there was 150 people but like he said that was most of the scene yeah so oh yeah yeah, the scene was maybe made up about 100 people, 150 and was, people. A lot of those dudes were in bands. It was mostly so it was bands. almost like taking turns playing and, for and each not, other. Not, not too many women initially. You know, that was yeah. kind of like with Patty and Debbie and, and Tina Weymouth. As far as the musicians, they kind of really stood out as women performers. And then, uh, you know, people like Sable Starr and Nancy Spungen were like kind of only chicks around, really, like hanging out. They were all cool. Which Hollywood know? scene was different. There was a lot of women in the old yeah. punk. Well, we, but we, we called it punk because you... Yeah, as or before. Yeah, we never really called it, uh, you know, punk rock. It was kind of just a bohemian, you know, influenced by, you know, Burroughs and by, like I was saying, by Lou Reed and he things like that. He was living in town then, right? Yeah, he just lived down the street here. It was here called the Bunker. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right on the Bowery, yeah, the Bunker, yeah. <laughs> they had to get him to Kansas because right, he was Lawrence. getting a little too happy. Right? Yeah. So, but um, do you yeah. remember the first gig you did with those guys? Um, with Blondie? Yeah, we were, we, um... The first gig you I told did, me you brought in the basement, right? Yeah, well, Gary, the, Gary. but the first gigs we did were, was at CBGB's when Fred Smith, who's in television, the bass player, oh, yeah. was playing. And in between the first show and the second show, he quit. And that was like the first time, the Why first gigs that we did. Well, because he was going to join television. He was asked to join television. Richard Hell quit. I heard Didi tried out for television. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I know he might have tried out on guitar, though, not bass. Or oh, maybe okay. after... So, but Fred Smith's a really great bass player. Oh yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. um, well, so then we kind of had a regroup, which uh, is when I brought in my friend, my high school friend Gary Valentine, and uh, which you I know, saw with the No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the band called Prince. the No. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, when we got Gary, we were playing at this place on Thirteenth and Third called uh, Monty Python's Bar. It was just like we set up on the floor, and then there was a place in uh, the in the Wall Street area called uh, White's Pub where Debbie was a, a, a bartender. She wore a bikini and was a bartender there. And we'd play there like, uh, like at happy hour. Between our shifts. Yeah, well, she would, <laughs> she would, she would get, could get us gigs there, you know, so we'd, we'd play. Sure, there. sure, sure. We'd play there and like at happy hour. he said hour. it was hard to play here. Yeah. If you didn't do covers. Yeah, so, um, you know, we, were doing, we did some gigs like that and then uh, when we were playing at Monty Python's, some people were in there and they go, uh, do, do you, you want to play at this party we're having in our brownstone uptown for the equestrian show? 
horses. But like, like, what? What are you talking? You know, these were uptown folks, and all of a sudden, what are you guys doing on 13th and 3rd? I mean, back then, it that was, yeah, it was you know, I mean, that's where Scorsese did the uh, film, the, uh, you know, Taxi Driver, the scenes where with Jodie Foster outside the tenement. That's 13th and 3rd. So uh, they go, we want to give you guys this gig. We want you to play, but make sure of one thing. We go, what's that? Make sure the singer wears those boots. <laughs> I guess, man, I don't know if it was because of the equestrian thing, but <laughs> Debbie had some boots on. They wanted to say, make sure she wears those boots. Okay, so right, we, then we the played second there, hour. You know. Well, for Pedro Show, May 16th, uh, two th- no, 18th, 2016. Hold tight for hour three. May 18th, 2016, is third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Those old Winnebago men knew what they were singing. Those old Winnebago men knew what they were singing. All summer long and all long. All summer long and all long. I found a way to sit on a railroad tie above the sewer main. I had found a way to sit on a railroad tie above the sewer main. It spilled a shining waterfall out of a pipe. Somebody had gouged through the slanted earth. Fourteen thousand and one hundred more less people in Maumee, my home, my native country. Quick, quick in the, the river, river with the speed of light. Speed of light. And the light caught there, the solid speed of their lives. And the light caught there, the solid speed of their lives. In the instant of that waterfall. I know what we call it most of the time. I know what we call it most of the time. But I have my own song for it. But I have my own song sometimes even today. I call it beauty, and sometimes, even today, I call it beauty. I call it beauty. Watch for Pedro Show. Let's start the third hour off with Fool's Holiday, International Swingers. Right. That's another one of my side shows. Right. Uh, you know, as a drummer, you know, I really like to keep playing, and I really don't really practice on my own that much, so I like to surround myself with other players. Yeah, yeah. You know, in this band, the International Swingers, another friend of mine, Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols, is in it playing bass. And uh, <clears throat> it was actually really a group of friends 
the singer called Gary Twin was in this band called Supernaut in Australia and had a couple of hit records when he was all about 18 Supernaut. years old. There's a Black Sabbath song called that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. They were kind of like... On volume four, it's got yeah. big glistens. <laughs> I found out he wrote most of the words. Ozzy didn't write any of the words. Oh, yeah, Geezer. Yeah, he's a songwriter. He's kind of like... And I think he lives in SoCal now. Yeah, like Neil Peart in uh, Rush. He right, wrote he wrote words. all their words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, um, Australian guy. Yeah, so uh, he had an opportunity to go to Australia to do some shows. Some promoter offered him <clears throat> some shows. So instead of going in his own right, we, we put this band together and we went over. And uh, basically we're a covers band, bar band, doing, you know, Pistol songs and Blondie songs and... Uh, some songs by his band Supernaut and then the guitarist is uh, <clears throat> a guy called James Stevenson who was the uh, original guitar player in that punk rock band Chelsea from the UK oh yeah, yeah. right to work right to work what was and that guy's been, name Gene uh, Gene uh, I remember that Gene, band uh, geez, really I old days like 70s oh yeah they were one of the original bands they yeah. played at the Roxy uh, in uh Soho that was kind of the beginning of uh, where punk rock kind of started right right Gene October that's his is the guy's name, yeah. No, they were the original punk bands, actually. And, uh, you know, James has just been on tour with doing this thing called Holy Holy with uh, Tony Visconti, uh, you know, wow. David Bowie's producer. The bass and, man. Yeah, and Woody Woodman's, he uh, playing drums. He lives drums. upstate, right? Yeah, I think so. Like Woodstock area or something? Yeah, so uh, the four of us went over to uh, Australia. We had some fun. And then, uh, you know, we decided uh, we, we'd, we were basically a covers band, but we were covering our own songs. Okay. And, uh, You're allowed to do that. Yeah, so uh, so one thing led to another. We, we, we once again collaborated on a bunch of material over a couple of years. And we have an album that's just coming out now, too, the International Swingers album. You can get uh, you know, on iTunes. Who named the band? Uh, actually, the promoter that brought us over, because we couldn't think of a name like right on that that kind of made sense to anyone and we kind of figured everyone was traveling all over the place people coming from England and so it kind of made sense it's funny though when you google it a lot of times the first thing you get is like a you know like a swingers like sex uh, you know um, website it's really funny spouses yeah so it's kind of funny but I, I think the name's kind of cool you know it, it has a sense of humor about it and uh you know, we actually got some gigs coming up with, with the International Swingers in L.A. and So all three sideshows, they're going. Yeah, plus I've got Blondie as well, you know. Right, right. It's a lot of emails. That kind of gets crazy. You don't call Blondie a sideshow so much. No, no, that's that's my day job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's been my day job for about 40 years, so. 40 years now, huh? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but uh, I don't know. You couldn't really predict that. I mean, you know, I mean, the Stones kind of... You know, they were the oh, only yeah. ones. They were kind of like always comparing themselves. So, well, the blues guys keep going. Why yeah, can't right, we? Right. So, but but now, Robert you know, Jones, I saw him. There was an oxygen. Keiko had the oxygen tank. Yeah, yeah. Earl I Palmer going out playing. Earl Palmer was had the oxygen going in his later years. But you know, like like rock and roll is beyond middle aged. You know, and so are the players. You know, that's just the way it goes. You know, I mean, uh, I was born in like 1950, I guess, right? Yeah. So and then it inherits other traditions too, like you were saying, blues, yeah, vaudeville, yeah, yeah, work in the towns, yeah. Uh, feel the same about you, Split Squad. Oh yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, that's kind of like a pop song. I mean, probably people kind of pick up on with me is I kind of really like like bubblegum music. I like the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. <laughs> I, I like the Ohio Express. I mean, the Ramones. I mean, massive influence on the Ramones was. Uh, 
you know, like the bubblegum bubblegum music, uh, you know, of, of this of the late early seventies, well, late sixties. Got the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Not so much blues. No, not a lot of blues music. No, the Ramones, I don't think they're antithesis of blues, you know. I don't <laughs> think they use any blues chords or anything. I think I think I was reading the, in the, the more, one of the recent magazines with the big story about the Ramones because of the anniversary on the cover and said part of their kind of manifest was that there wasn't going to be any kind of blues music in it. Wow, you know, they talked about it. Yeah, they kind of said the now, things so that they did, weren't going to be influenced You did two by. gigs with them, right? I did play with the Ramones. I did two gigs, yeah. And what'd you talk about? Uh, you didn't practice, though, right? Johnny would practice with you. Well, I did. The, it was trial by fire. We, we, we didn't practice. We, we never put and the show the together. And albums are like at a whole different speed than the gig. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> When the whole thing came up about me playing with the Ramones, I, I kind of prefaced it by saying I, I didn't want to do it uh, as a full-time thing that I would have filled in. And Tim. then, you know, yeah. And then, really, after kind of hanging around with Joey a bit more, I was like, you know, we were friends. I was thinking, oh, this might be kind of a cool thing to do. And uh, I guess in some people's opinions, the gigs didn't go very well. Uh, if you listen to the gigs on the internet, they, they sound fine. You know, there's a couple of mistakes at the ends of songs and things. But um, uh, one of my drummer guys, Bob Lee, saw the Trenton right, right. gig, and he, he thought it was pretty good. Yeah, you know, it was good. I mean, uh, to, to be honest... What was that pad called? City Gardens. City Gardens and, uh, yeah, uh, John, uh, what's, the, what's the guy, you know, jeez, oh, I can't think of his last name. The, the, the political comedian, the TV show, he just left, uh, John Stewart. He was a bartender at City Gardens. Wow. I did the John Stewart show last year with Blondie, and we were, we were reminiscing about that, that he was actually at that show. And, you know, it was kind of just <clears throat> really uh, a lot of pandemonium at Ramon shows then, and everybody was out of their minds. And, I, I mean, it's been documented, you know, like they, they didn't get along, you know. Oh, John Johnny and Joey, Joey didn't speak, talk. and it was, you know, I think uh, that created a lot of stress within the camp, or the Ramones camp in general. I can you know. You know, and then you know. By the way, none of them are around anymore. So, yeah, recipe. And you know, Dee Dee was in the band then too. You know, Dee Dee. Uh, you know, he's like almost like an idiot savant. No, he's a painter, writer. And he said the exact you know. same thing last night. Can't tell if he was putting it on or not, but I guess I don't think he was. I think he was bipolar. Times I talked to him, it seemed like he was trying to get it together, man. Yeah. And no, he definitely. So I mean, Marty Feldman eyes, but. Like he's like trying to communicate with me, and I was like, he had a rap thing going. Yeah, D.D. King. Yeah, I have that album. It's not very good. It was a trippy gig. It was a benefit. Some a couple of the ladies from Heart, Carlos Alomar was with some guys. And, and oh, and you D. played D. at it as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a bill. It oh, was, where was, was that? It was here. Oh wow! And he did his rap thing. Oh mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, you know, I, I ran into Dee Dee in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, when he was living in the Detroit area, and I, they literally had to run him out of town. They kind of told him, get out of town, you know. He ended up he had that Cali. period, yeah. I saw him, I saw him like a week before he passed, you know. that He was supposed to be doing a gig at, uh, on, on Sunset Strip, like right before he died. His name was up in lights, and what was the, the club where Gazars used to be? Uh, Key Club. The Key Club. He was playing the Key Club that weekend. Yeah, I'm used to see him around L.A. He wrote some good songs. Oh, yeah. Dee Dee was great. I mean, the Ramones, you know, I compare the Ramones to the Beatles. I mean, as far as the influence. And the know. name is from the bass. The, 
McCartney. Paul McCartney, one of his, his names he had when he wanted to have an exotic last name, I guess, back when. But, okay. I mean, the influence of the Ramones, you know, can't be underestimated. And then when you really get into their tunes, you know, they're, they're, people think it's easy, but it's not. You know, <laughs> I know that firsthand from trying to... Johnny want me to just go and play that stuff without ever practicing with the band. I mean, I, obviously, I had to go over the material at home, but it's... You got to get, you know, you got to get with the chemistry and with yeah. just like the human touch, you know, of the of the, of the band. I mean, uh, the Ramones were a real band. I mean, they all had the same last name. They really did have a unified, yeah. uh, you know, image that was all about what it's like to be in a band. No one person is supposed to really stand out in a way, you know, it was the Ramones. I mean, I always think the thing that caught me with the Beatles was everybody was a star. I think like before the Beatles, you know, mostly it was like a singer out front and a band was backing him up, right, or Buddy right. Holly and the Crickets, or Little Richard, or yeah. But but with the Beatles, you know, each person was featured in their own way, and you know that was kind of like what the Ramones were about too, you know. I and uh, you know the original band was an amazing band. I mean, who was kind of like that? The Who? Yeah, the Stu Who was, was a monster. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With what he did, he could do it. Yeah. But come together to make the band. Yeah, yeah. And no. they can play the songs, but it's never going to be like that. Yeah, it's not the same, yeah. Okay, but let's listen to Feel the Same about you. Oh, okay, Feel the Same. What we're talking about, yeah, the split squad again. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
For Pedro Show, feel the same about you, Split Squad. The No More Girl Pop Group, Mystic Guy Softest, Testament Zero Yurt, Funky Brother, Tokyo Savannah, and finally Mario DeSandro with Lessons Learned. People ask you about this racket music stuff. Yeah. What music. advice do you get asked by younger? Yeah. Folks just coming in. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously you, you got to do it for the, just for the love of it, you know. I mean, that's where it all starts. It's all about the music. It's, uh, you know, you're going to get rich and famous. I mean, it's obviously a crapshoot, and very few people do. Uh, To be able to make a living as a musician, you know, as I consider myself to be a working musician, uh, you know, that in itself is a a major achievement. You know, um, there's all sorts of uh, different ways to earn a living in the music business nowadays, you know, and, you know, whether you start your own record company or when you get a you know, a commercial or something, but uh, to have a career is kind of a difficult thing, and uh, you got to love it, and you got to do it for the music, and uh, everything else will follow. I never really, um, if you can avoid uh, signing any kind of heavy contracts, you know, don't give your publishing away. Yeah. All those things. Autonomy. Yeah, yeah, be autonomous if you possibly can, but if you're working within a group, yeah. Just by the nature of the beast, you're not autonomous. You're involved with other sure, people. Sure. And a drummer, you know, just keep your ears open and be open to whatever, you know, the, the principal songwriter, let's say, or if you're collaborating, be open to other people's ideas. What about uh, drum machines? You know, I mean, I had a hit record. We were one of the first ones to have a hit record with the drum machine, Heart of Glass. Yeah. You know, if you use it as a tool, as another instrument, it's fine. But I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I do consider myself to be a bit of a dinosaur nowadays. <laughs> you know, no. like the, the drumming thing, the live... I mean, to me, you know, the one thing you can't replace is a great band playing live yeah. in concert. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to be there, you know, to be part of that. I mean, everything else, yeah, you know. You know, you press a button and you can make music, but, uh, I mean, I go back to the history of, you know, like, like Earl Palmer and, and, you know, Elvin Jones and Billy Cobham and Keith Moon and people, to see a drummer 
that is really giving off such a fantastic energy and such yeah, a great yeah. vibe, you know, that's irreplaceable. And, uh, you know, it's not to be taken for granted. Um, you know, you really have to have, keep your ears open and, uh, and be open to... Uh, if you're working within a group, you got to be open to other people's ideas and not kind of shut people down too quickly on, on things, you know. Just, just have a real optimism and be able to deal deal with uh, rejection too you know roll with it there's I hills mean, there's valleys yeah I mean I was doing a record with Towns and all of a sudden one day he decided to shut it down Pete Towns yeah did a record called an album called White City I'm on a couple of tracks but once I got that call to go into England and work with Pete I was like this is it you know and then all of a sudden it got shut down for whatever reason and the album came out a couple of years later with is a lot of other people didn't play guitar no, he he played. It was, it was one where he had just a no. Baton. This was actually, <laughs> this was actually Pete had gone oh, through face to face or something. Face, that song is on there. Well, he had a band together. Pete okay. Town. He put a band together after so where he did do that. Yeah, but, he didn't play guitar. He had like a, a, a baton. conductor. Baton. Yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, the bass player in that band, a guy called Chucho Mershon, played with me in uh, Eurythmics. Because I also, I mean, I look back. I guess I've done a lot of things, and so. I, you know that I'm proud of but um, yeah I mean the Ramones I did those couple of gigs and then I, I wasn't in the Ramones anymore you know I auditioned for Patti Smith way back when I didn't get that gig I auditioned for Bob Dylan about two or three times over the years wow. uh, had some great jams but never got the gig <laughs> and uh, you know but then there's a lot of you know gigs that I have gotten and you know just gotta have respect for your other musicians and respect for respect for uh, you know mutual respect for people you're doing business with because yep. it is a business show business right so if you think you're gonna make it if it's not a hobby if it's a career it's uh, it's gotta be taken a little more seriously in some ways you know I, I mean I did my share of drugs and that but I never kind of got out of control you know a lot of people did and a lot of people aren't here anymore yeah. because of it so you know you got to have a strong constitution, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Claire, I want to thank you so much for being All on right. the show. Thank Get you, Watt. Thank respect. you. Peace and love to everyone out there in the world. And uh, look for, uh, uh, actually, the new Blondie record. Uh, uh, gratuitous, some sideshow. Gratuitous plug, a uh, new Blondie record coming in 2017. <laughs> Okay. And then all the other stuff that we've talked about. So thanks a lot. Sure. It's been May 18th, 2016, Dishwaff Peter Show. Everybody, keep your powder dry.